Thursday here on the Locked On Network. It is time for a crossover between Locked On Bills and Locked On Dolphins, previewing the AFC East Championship game on Sunday Night Football. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday here on the Locked On Network, and that means it is time for a crossover. I'm Kyle Kraz of Locked On Dolphins. He is Joe Marino of Locked On Bills. What a special treat. We also do Locked On NFL scouting together on a daily basis. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. But this crossover Thursday episode on the Locked On Network is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Joe, it is AFC East Championship weekend. The 10 and 6 Buffalo Bills visiting the 11 and 5 Miami Dolphins. Buffalo occurs currently has the tiebreaker because they won the head to head matchup when these teams played in week four, which feels like a season and a half ago. A lot has changed. These are very different teams on both fronts since then. Obviously, a uh, high stakes game uh, for both football teams. How's it going? It's going well. Obviously, uh, big implications on Sunday night football, the last regular season game of the entire season. We know what's at stake. The winners, the two seed and the AFC East champs and the loser has the wild card path to going on a deep postseason run. So it's a, it's a big one. It's in Miami. And um, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of tense fans on both sides of the coin here. Yeah. And for Miami's standpoint, uh, this is a team that's coming off of a shellacking at the hands of Baltimore. And uh, one thing that Bills fans will know quite well is that when Miami gets off script a little bit and they have to try to climb out of a game, they get real aggressive. And if it doesn't work, it snowballs on them. And that's exactly what happened in Baltimore. It's the same thing that happened when these two teams played in Orchard Park earlier this season where uh, Miami, they're they're trading blows with another team. Uh, They get off schedule. uh, A big play breaks the other way. And it just feels like this is still a team that, chases at times and that's what happened against buffalo the first time they played it's what happened against baltimore miami will be looking to undo that but they'll be looking to undo that without uh, several key pieces of the puzzle for them as a football team they lose bradley chubb to a torn acl so that's their both of their starting edge rushers from the beginning of the year are out that implication in this contest against buffalo is a big mystery um we had seen later in the season jalen ramsey who did not play in the first game traveled uh, with an opposing wide receiver when a starting when, when Xavier Howard was out, Howard probably not going to play this week for Miami as well. So uh, the, the identity of this defense is probably going to look a little different. And um, I think that's one of the storylines because I know the Bills offense looks very different than the first time that they play because they, in part, have a new offensive coordinator. Yeah, there's a lot different about these teams now compared to week four. And as I consider the big storyline for the Buffalo Bills, which will, of course, include some conversation here on this on this offense and what it's been lately, I think the big storyline is the opportunity. We know what's at stake here. And the Bills have gotten to this point because they dug themselves out of a very big hole. Uh, they were six and six four weeks ago. They're now 10 and six. And that's given them this opportunity, along with some help from the Dolphins, to play 
for a chance to win the AFC East. And so, you know, they've they've been climbing and obviously they also fell, right? They got to six and six with some very goofy losses along the way, uh, situational blunders and uh, losing games that you, you probably shouldn't have. Um, but they've climbed themselves out of the hole and they got a chance to get completely out. So I think that's kind of your lead story is just the opportunity that exists. But when it comes to the operation of this football team, the script is really different right now. It's typically Josh Allen throwing the ball to Stefan Diggs and big production there. That hasn't really been the case. The Bills script, their formula for winning games has been running the ball in defense. And part of that's because their passing game is just in a big slump. Uh, it's opportunistic. They certainly have their moments throwing the football and, and it's come through. They're 4-0 in their last four games, despite being in a, a really big slump throwing the football, especially to Stefan Diggs, the production is just not there right now. And um, he's still getting a lot of targets, the opportunities there, but they're just not finishing. And this passing game, like I said, is opportunistic, but you're seeing protection breakdowns, particularly with the interior. You're seeing consistency issues with the receivers finishing plays. And you're also seeing Josh Allen issues as it relates to decision-making and ball placement. And so, what does it look like this week? We we all know that Josh has had a lot of success against Miami. Is this the team at the right time that's going to allow him to have the production necessary to not only beat Miami, but give yourself some confidence going into the postseason that your script of Josh Allen being your catalyst can be the case. But over the last four weeks, inconsistent is uh, is really what this passing offense has been. So I had a chance to watch the the offensive game tape from, from last week, a little earlier this morning and last night. and. Uh, I know I texted you about Joe Brady and the imprint that he has that just stylistically, I think that was the biggest thing that surprised me. And I'm sure that that's part of uh, there's a recalibration for a lot of pieces in the passing game, but seeing obviously they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. So you have Dawson Knox and Dalton Kincaid as, as big assets that you invested a lot in. So you're seeing some 12, but uh, you're seeing power run game. You're, you're seeing, quarterback run game much more involved you're seeing them build off of that with rpos and quick throws to the perimeter with a bubble on a three by one or they'll orbit motion and return and run speed option out of that power look where they leave the backside end and josh pulls the ball and then he has khalil shakir run an orbit motion and he turns around and doubles back it's just a lot of stuff that i, I think i would have more associated at the beginning of the year with the mike mcdaniel style of offense can you talk a little bit about Joe Brady's uh, core principles that they they found success with beyond just the kind of the evolution of what it was with Ken Dorsey. Well, I really like a lot of the opportunities that exist for the offense under Joe Brady. I'm not sure the execution is very consistent. And and to your point there, I'm surprised by how much Joe Brady has been able to put his fingerprints on the operation. That was one of my talking points when they fired Ken Dorsey into a, a short week uh, to face the Jets, um, and you, you know, kind of had like a six-game sample size of Joe Brady. It was, hey, I'm not sure how much of a difference this is going to make. They're not going to get a new playbook, right? It's it's going to be just mo mostly a different person coordinating and, and calling the plays. But it does have a really different look and feel uh, in terms of how they attack defenses, and and some of it is leaning into more of what they should have with Josh and running the football. And I like their run game principles with how they have gotten that going. But yeah, some of the spread stuff that you saw from Joe Brady, uh, of course, at LSU um, ha has shown up as well. And I think that has been good and bad for the Bills because it's given them some new opportunities and and certainly that they're winning, right? They've they've won, they're five and one since the switch uh, to 
to, to Joe Brady from Ken Dorsey, but also I think kind of where you see some of the, the slump, as you would put it, where, you know, you started off really hot in terms of this Diggs Allen connection, 500 yard games in the first six, a lot of touchdown production that's really gone away over the last six, seven games. And I wonder how much of it is, you know, defenses are accounting more for your kind of your bread and butter to Stefan Diggs. And you're trying to get that back on track, but you're trying to do it with, you know, a different coordinator. So that maybe bleeds into it quite a bit. And then for Miami offensively, we've talked about the Dolphins defense. We've talked about uh, the Bills offense for Miami offensively. The biggest thing for them is, is coming out of this Baltimore game. They turned the ball over three times and they had one turnover in the previous four games. And when Miami is able to protect the ball, uh, their ability to move the ball really shines and it puts them in position to score points effectively. Uh, but, but against this Bills defense specifically, that's the biggest thing for them coming out of the Baltimore game. And uh, they, they played almost a perfect half uh, as far as ball security. Uh, they threw the first interception at the two-minute warning uh, on a really dumb sequence uh, for, the, for their offense to try to sneak a play in front of the two-minute warning. And uh, Roquan Smith opportunistically picks it off. And then as they're chasing the game, Tua tries to take an intermediate throw instead of taking a check down because they're down three scores, and he said it himself. Um, so there, there's some context with the turnovers, but nevertheless, the operation for Miami has to be clean. Uh, they have had some really bright moments. I mean, they, they moved the ball 375 yards against the Cowboys, which is a really good defense, and, and they did that obviously with needing to put a drive together at the end of the game. So they've had their moments, uh, but they've also been playing without a lot of personnel. Uh, Jalen Waddle, I'm not expecting him to play in this game, but you do have Tyreek Hill. Devon Achan has has been a big catalyst. He had over 100 yards of offense against Baltimore. Uh, Raheem Mostert's probably back, but Mike McDaniel's a little noncommittal because he said he wasn't going to be an issue for him last week, and then he didn't dress. So I would not be surprised from Miami's perspective, just as we kind of set up some some matchups, if you see a lot of two-back for Miami without Waddle to get all of the speed on the field at the same time to try to attack the Bills that way. Well, uh, the speed of Miami is uh, scary. And so um, they still have it without Waddle and, of course, Hill and Achon and, and Mostert. So I don't necessarily think of the Bills as a super fast defense. Um, and so we'll see how Mike McDaniel can try to exploit some of those potential advantageous matchups. We are going to get into those matchups next year on this crossover Thursday. So stick with us. Today's Crossover Thursday episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Around the New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on the things that we are already doing right. Maybe you're finally organized in one part of your your space, but you want to tackle another. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you could switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. So, Joe, as you think about matchups, in this game, you mentioned the speed. Is that where you want to start? Do you want to get into Stefan Diggs versus the Dolphins secondary? Where do you want to go? Uh, there's a, a number of places, but I, I think it's a good segue to talk about the speed and, and particularly Tyreek Hill. And I don't know, Ty, Tyreek Hill to me is the, the most dangerous skill player in all of football. He's scary. Nobody wants to play against this guy. And I was stunned to learn. I looked up recently that the Bills have had a fair amount of success against Tyreek Hill. He's never had 
more than 70 yards receiving in a game against the Bills in the regular season. And that's there's six of them, three with Kansas City, three with the Bill with uh, the Dolphins. And he only has one touchdown. That floors me. I don't know what the recipe is that's allowed them to kind of bottle him up because I, I watch Tyreek Hill and I, I just see him running by people left and right. And he's he's a real problem. And so I'm really interested to see you know, what they're able to do to try to neutralize him. Of course, if we're not going to see Jalen Waddle in this game, does that mean more volume for Tyreek Hill? Um, how does that play into the Bills' opportunity to defend him? Because they don't have anybody that can run with him. And I don't think anybody in the NFL has anybody that can run with them. But particularly the Bills' back seven, you're not looking at speedsters. And so it's about leverage and, and staying over top and speeding up throws. Like, that's kind of the recipe for – being able to deal with him, it's been working. Um, but without Waddle, does this just mean more Tyree kill? And can the Bills continue to have the the modest levels of success they've had against him in the past? Yeah, and I think to your point, uh, obviously Tyreek missed the the second Jets game with the ankle injury that he suffered early against Tennessee. Uh, but the two games since, you know, Waddle went down pretty early in the Dallas game. Uh, 14 targets against Dallas and 12 against Baltimore for Tyreek Hill. So yeah. Uh, the first time these two teams played, he was targeted five times, which was the lowest he had had in a game all season with the exception of the five targets he collected against Tennessee when he went down in the mm. first half with an injury. So I, I would certainly imagine Tyreek will be a bigger piece of the puzzle. Obviously, they do so much to move skill players around in general, um, and, and they have a lot of different ways that they can challenge you with the motion for horizontal displacement and then having intermediate routes that develop behind that. Uh, I think the biggest thing for Miami is, is if you're going to do that, you have to be willing to identify, and they did a nice job with this this year. They largely did not do it last year. You get up to the line of scrimmage and you identify a couple of those opportunities to go vertical on the outside. And I know that nobody associates to a tongue of a low as arm strength with being taking deep shots down the field outside the numbers. But when it's in rhythm, it's actually been very effective for Miami this year, and they've had opportunities where they this the players have alluded to. They'll get up to the line of scrimmage, and they will signal uh, based on coverage leverage when those opportunities are. I think that's that's a big thing for every game that they play because of how intermediate and middle of the field oriented they are. When teams really try to bottle and congest that area of the field, mm -hmm. being able to come back at some point and say, okay. They've cheated enough. Now we have to go up top outside on them. That opportunity, I think, could be uh, finding one or two of those in this game could be a critical element of the football game because, as you said, just the speed on the outside for Miami, if, if you do get him isolated and it is in rhythm with a – they'll take shotgun, three-step drop, no hitch, and the ball is out, and the ball is up and down and 35 yards down the field, Tyreek Hill so frequently stacks corners in those instances. So that that's a big thing for me to watch against this bills coverage unit, which has been so good all season long in spite of losing some key players. Well, and, and they got, they got the bills on that play last year in Buffalo. If I'm not mistaken, it was on Trey white where they got that look ran right by him Tua doesn't take the hitch. And it's right. That, that was the third and 20. It was like yeah. third and 24. And there you go. Yeah. The waddle runs a post corner or a corner post. And they landed in between the two safeties. You're exactly right. Yeah. Uh, another matchup that, uh, well, we should, let's keep it on the receivers, right? There's this Stefan Diggs opportunity against Miami and, and Diggs has been, I, I think he might have like 200 yards in the last seven games, dude. Like it's just, there's no production there. Um, 
And of course, Jalen Ramsey plays for the Miami Dolphins. And we know about the history between Josh Allen and Jalen Ramsey. And since that, Josh Allen has not been shy about targeting Jalen Ramsey. Uh, the Bills played Ramsey twice with the Rams. And Josh Allen threw four touchdown passes in those two games that PFF credits to Tyreek, or excuse me, to Jalen Ramsey's coverage. Now, I'll take four, I'll take four Tyreek Hill touchdowns if you're giving well, them out. We, we're not we're not handing those out. But listen, <laughs> here's the deal. That's been cool and all that, right? You, you you love that from a Bills perspective, but the way that this passing game is operating right now, I don't think it's time to time to mess around, right? Well, and, and just kind of go after him. And so I think how the Bills deploy digs and how I'm sure it's not going to be Cater Kohu again, right? That's not going to be the Dolphins plan against Diggs this time around, but it's kind of interested to see how with Ramsey and kind of what they're missing with Howard, you know, what's going to be the plan for Miami against Diggs. Yeah. So they, they, when they played Howard, when they played the jets without Howard, the second time they played, uh, that was the only game this season that Jalen Ramsey has traveled with a wide receiver. And I agree with you. I think the history of the two teams, obviously the, the, the double move touchdown in the season opener last year, is front row center for me as far as the Jalen Ramsey, Stephon Diggs one-on-one matchups. Um, but I would still, if I'm Miami, that's comfortably my best corner. That's comfortably the Bills' best receiver. I know Gabe Davis is able to make big plays down the field, and I would be leery about that uh, if I'm Miami just because Cater Kohu as the other corner, if you're not going to be a nickel and you're going to get Gabe Davis matched up against Cater Kohu when you're in base – the plays that he gave up a lot of the games have been in physical down the field situations. I think about the Philadelphia Eagles game when they played that game without Howard or Jalen Ramsey and it's Eli Apple and Cater Kohu are the starting corners Yeah, and AJ Brown. And I'm not comparing Gabe Davis to AJ Brown, but I'm saying from a height, weight, speed down the field element with ball skills, that's what Gabe Davis shines best at and has shined best at his entire career in Buffalo. Those instances, have hurt Miami in the past, but I would still want Jalen Ramsey matched against Stefan Diggs because as you said, kind of the in sync level of the offense can be hit or miss at times. And if you're going to have Ramsey in those instances, if you do miss, that's the guy I want having an opportunity to try to get his hands on the football to, to, to have a turnover. Kyle, another place that my eyes go is these interior offensive lines versus the interior defensive lines. And for the bills on offense, their middle three of McGovern Morse and Torrance, I think it's had its moments this year, but where I've seen protection issues, it's really those guys, the tackle Spencer Brown and Deion Dawkins have been terrific this year, but last week against the new England Patriots, Christian Barmore, Dietrich wise, they had some really outstanding pass rush opportunities that, took away some vertical opportunities that the Bills had schemed up down the field, but Josh didn't have the opportunity to throw those balls, uh, particularly with Barmore beating Torrance, Barmore beating uh, McGovern, uh, Morris got cooked on a play, and we're talking about Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins. That's his, That's an outstanding interior rush duo, and I, I know that the big storyline is no Phillips, no Chubb on the edges. They still got those interior guys. Yeah. And and, and I, that has to be a great matchup opportunity that the Dolphins are looking to take advantage of. And you felt like they really didn't take advantage of it last year or in the first matchup this yeah, year. Right. So that's for both of those guys to have experienced playing this interior front and not have success. It's certainly something that uh, I'm, I'm curious how Miami is going to attack their front in general to kind of protect themselves from Buffalo's run game. 
Emmanuel Agba is going to have to step in for Bradley Chubb, but he's a little bit more of a hand-in-the-dirt type of player. Jerome Baker may be back off of IR this week. Is he somebody he's had some experience uh, standing up on the line of scrimmage and, and being a pressure player in hybrid situations in the past defense, but maybe not necessarily this defense? Um, do you get a little bit more width, particularly in passing down and distance situations? Be interested if they continue to play with these wide angles, because that's what I saw in the film from uh, the first uh, the the game last week for Buffalo was it felt like New England just kind of conceded, okay, we're going to take wide angles and pull the tackles out, and then we're going to take our matchups and yeah. with the three inside yeah. with big voids because the tackles have to set for width. So I'll be interested if Miami chooses to do that with obviously Andrew Van Ginkle is a speedy player, so you'll have to respect his speed off the edge. But Agba, does Agba play on, on with his hand in the dirt? Do they put him on some of their tight fronts? Uh, and have Jerome Baker or somebody else, be it Melvin Ingram as the other outside linebacker type. Uh, I don't know, but you're right. Between the 17 and a half tackles or sacks that Sealer and Wilkins have this year against that interior, it's the place where I think they can influence Buffalo and force them to get, get force Josh Allen to get off his platform. I think you can extend the same thing for the Bills on their interior defensive line. Ed Oliver's had an amazing season, nine and a half sacks. Daquan Jones is back. He was unbelievable to start the season. Yeah. Played last week, and I thought, I mean, he he played almost half the snaps. I thought he looked good, explosive, and, you know, his, he was playing with extension. And, and Puna Ford's been a revelation for this team of late, and I think Tim Settles actually played his best football of late. And so I think those three guys, even Greg Rousseau, probably going to reduce at times to take advantage of a banged up middle of this Dolphins offensive line that Connor Williams not available. It's probably Eichenberg at center. We'll see if Robert Hunt can go right. There's going to be some questions there. So I think both teams, when it comes to the interior defensive line against the interior offensive line, could be some good opportunities for both sides. Yeah, I expect Hunt to go. Mike McDaniel's been pretty passive with discussing his availability. He seemed pretty optimistic on Monday when he first talked about it, and he was uh, doubtful for the game. Uh, this past Sunday, but it was like a non-starter. Like he's he's not getting any action, and he he practiced on a limited capacity all week last week. So it seems like Robert Hunt's trending. I think that'll be really helpful for Miami because between Lester Cotton and Rob Jones, those guards, you, you with this offense, you do naturally get some of the bumpers because a lot of their play-action passing is wide zone oriented, where they, they you you have entire flow by the offensive line. So you have bumpers on both sides of you for both the guards, but just the range is limited. So if you have guys that can get up the field quickly, like Daquan Jones, like Ed Oliver, uh, I, I think that's where Buffalo can tag those guys. And if Rob Hunt's back and he's close to hundred percent, I think it helps, but yeah. you'll still have a matchup on the other one. And Lee Mikeberg's playing hurt and he really struggled with Michael Pierce this past week. So if, if you're going to get Puna Ford in his lap often, if you want to play those, those sets when Miami goes condensed set with every personnel, I think you can kind of get some reset there just because he's playing through a calf injury that I, I think is showing up. He's been much better than what he was the first time these two teams played, which was his first career start at center. But um, it, it is something where power I, I think can disrupt everything from the middle out because if he's giving ground, which he has done at times, um, Buffalo will certainly be looking there and nice to see Puna Ford back and making an impact. Cause I know you and I have both been fans of him since Texas. So took a while, took a while, never wrong. Just early, right? That's right uh, yeah. <laughs> we got our keys uh, to victory coming up here in just a minute. So make sure that you stick with us as we continue this crossover episode of locked on bills and locked on dolphins. 
At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What is the one move that I can make that will take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surrounded yourself with. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board. It is a vast network of more than a billion professionals which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, they may not have the time or resources they would like to for the hiring process. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, that process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free terms and conditions do apply. Keys to victory. Uh, week 18, Buffalo at Miami, AFC East Championship game, two seed on the line in the AFC playoffs. We've gone through a lot of matchups, and, and I would be a bad host if I didn't seed the floor here and let you have an opportunity. What's What's the number one key mm. to victory in your mind uh, for Buffalo. You know, I don't, I can't give you number one. I, I got three things down. Kyle we'll grabs we'll start with number one. And then we'll, we'll I don't, we'll I don't know if one. there's anyone that's more important than the oh, other. Okay. All right, go ahead. go ahead. Um, the first thing I do have written down is defensive intensity. Uh, I think that a big reason why the bills have been able to go on this four game win streak and be in this position is because of how their defense has played. And, uh, against the Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, and Patriots, they've allowed an average of 277 yards per game, 17 and a half points per game, and have tallied seven takeaways. And I've, I've seen this defense come out and really have some tone-setting dynamics about it with just the urgency, how fast they're playing, how physical they're playing. And that's going to need to continue this week against the Miami Dolphins. And we all know how potent that offense is. And so... That tone-setting nature that they've come out with lately has to show up against the Dolphins on the road. Number two is the red zone. Uh, when you're on offense, touchdowns, not field goals. When you're on defense, field goals, not touchdowns. And these are two pretty fascinating teams when it comes to the red zone. Both are terrific on offense. The Bills, number two in red zone touchdown percentage. Dolphins, number three in red zone touchdown percentage on offense. Defensively, neither team's been very good. The Bills, 20th in red zone defense. The Dolphins are 30th in red zone defense. And so... Who can make those trips to the red zone end in three versus ending in six? I think that's going to be a, a, a deciding factor is success in the red zone for both teams. And then turnovers. Turnovers are pretty much the story of almost every NFL game, whether you can take care of the football, whether you can take away the football. I mean, the Bills, three, they're plus three in takeaways against New England last week, four total takeaways. You know, the, obviously the Dolphins had a lopsided situation there when it comes to turnovers and, and giveaways. And so I think that's going to be a storyline who can, who can protect the football, but also be aggressive and make plays and who could take it away. I, I think that's also going to be a, a big part of any game. And of course, uh, a high stakes game like this. Yeah. I, I think you have uh, the right talking points. I'd say just to kind of expand on some of them. Uh, one thing that I have down is, is first down success rate uh, offensively for both teams. Uh, specifically for Miami avoiding the third and longs against this defense, I think is, is really critical. I think you have to present as big of a menu as possible on every play against Buffalo because they are so well coached. They are so instinctive. They do have the intensity where if you get into third and obvious situations, 
Uh, I think you're selling yourself short to be able to have success. And, and Buffalo's 18th on third down defense conversion rate this season. So you stay out of third and seven plus if you're Miami. I think that that's critical uh, for being able to stay on schedule because the games that have snowballed on Miami have been when you've had to press and, and get outside of, of the script. And conversely, Miami is, is 11th in third down defense this season, uh, 37%. So having success and putting Buffalo in those situations versus staying out of those situations with your first down success rate, I think is really critical for this game uh, as well. Uh, and then I would say for, for Miami, another key to victory uh, is the screen game for Miami has, has really expanded throughout the course of the season. It was almost non-existent last year. Um, and when they have looked to get the ball to the perimeter quickly, uh, they've had some success, but a lot of that is, is predicated on being physical with the edge defenders and the second level defenders of the opposing team. So Miami's complementary players in the offense have to be right, whether it's Alec Ingold and, and Durham Smythe as the tight end fullback combination of kind of positionless players that can move all around, whether it is River Craycraft, who's one of the better blocking receivers on this team in spite of his size, or Cedric Wilson, who's getting a ton of run without Jalen Lotto, who is the bigger bodied receiver on the team who knows the offense. Uh, they obviously acquired Chase Claypool, but he's been kind of chasing the offense because it's so timing and trust oriented all season long. Those guys being up to the challenge of playing and disrupting the flow on the perimeter to create lanes for the perimeter screen game, I think is another critical element to Miami having the success that they're going to need in order to stay on schedule and score points and create some explosives beyond just looking for some things down the field because Buffalo is so fast to flow. They are so intense uh, as well. Tell you what, the screen game, um, the Bills have gotten gashed on some screens. They got gashed on a, on a flow screen against the Patriots last week. And earlier in the season, they got kind of kind of worked on some of those as well. And so talking about screens and you're talking about guys like Devon Achan uh, getting the football or most are getting the football and he'll get in the football. That's dangerous. Um, and so the bills will have to try to use some of that length that they have on the edge to maybe disrupt some of those throws, but also getting population to the football and uh, trying to get those guys down. But if that screen game's cooking, I think that's something that the dolphins should definitely lean into against the bills who have been pretty meh when it comes to defending screens. Well, one thing we know for sure is there's plenty on the line and there's plenty of rooting interest and, and two very impassioned fan bases that uh, love to get it under each other's skin and get after the game. But Joe, I can comfortably say that it's been a joy doing this show with you. It's been a great season uh, alongside you in the Locked On Network. And um, I'm hoping we don't have to do a third. <laughs> right. But, uh, as long as it's not next week, right? As long as it's not next week, I'm more than comfortable right. doing it. Just not up, next but, week. Uh, Buffalo looking to, depending on how the early games go, secure their playoff bid in its entirety. Miami already has a playoff bid clinched. Obviously, you're playing for the division in this game as well. Uh, but all things looking pretty likely that these two teams will be a part of the seven in the AFC that are looking to extend their seasons beyond just another week. So uh, Locked on Bills will have you covered after the game. Uh, Sunday night football in Miami uh, from all of your bill storylines. I will have you covered from all your dolphin storylines. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. Make sure you check out all the shows that we have on the lockdown network. We have an outstanding network of talent and all of the shows for all of your teams every day. Thanks for checking out this crossover Thursday and enjoy your finale to the 2023 NFL regular season.